What's going on guys? How you doing out there? Mike Foster here and today's lesson is going to be super simple. We're going to talk about some real estate jargon and demystify some of those confusing topics or words you might have heard and hopefully you'll be able to clarify and shed some light so that way you don't end up being in the dark the next time you're having a conversation with some real estate investors. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about real estate jargon, and hopefully, we'll be able to demystify some of those funky words that you might have heard thrown around, or uh, or maybe some acronyms, right? I mean, we know that the military is filled with a bunch of acronyms, and if you don't speak the language, it can be really hard to understand what's going on, what people are talking about, and so hopefully, we'll be able to clear up some of that that mud, right? That's kind of uh, clouding up, you know, your understanding of some of these real estate topics. It can really also make things really difficult. You know, I mean, it's it's hard when you're trying to understand a world of money and a world of, you know, property and all this craziness that involves itself with real estate, right? I mean, everyone th- looks at real estate and if you don't understand it, you think it's just this, this, thing out there that is hard to understand and you don't want to get involved with it. It's too complicated and you don't even think about it. But when you actually break down the topics and the words and the acronyms, it becomes a lot easier to understand. And when you understand it, you feel more confident. And especially when you start to understand how money is made in real estate, that is when you start to understand like, hey, this is actually something I can do. And once you see that and you, you, uh, you share some of the stories or you hear some of the stories from other people, you get to experience that magic and it's great. So um, let's go ahead and let's just talk about uh, 10 words, all right? This is going to be part one of this uh, real estate jargon series, but we're going to talk about 10 key words here. Some of them are acronyms and I'll be able to break it down for you, but let's go ahead and let's start. So... Really, really basic, okay? Equity. What is equity? All right, when you hear the word equity, they're talking about the money that you own in a particular property, okay? Now, this is also going to be uh, tied in with principle, right? So principle, these, these two words really mean the same thing, right? Because we're talking about the real value of money that that you or maybe, you know, an entity, right? If it's a bank or whoever I right, owns in a property. When you buy a property and you get a loan, right, you have the money that you're charged for the loan. You have the money that the house actually costs or actually is worth, right? Market value. And then you have 
the equity left from the loan that you have left. And that equity is what you've paid off in that loan. Okay, does that make sense? I hope I'm not, I hope I'm clarifying this a little bit. Maybe it's a little too, uh, maybe it's not clarified enough. So let me break it down a little bit more. So, so when you buy a house, let's say you're going to buy a single family house and you buy it for $100,000. Okay, we'll keep it super simple. Now, for $100,000, you might not have that $1,000 in your bank account. So you're going to put 10% or $10,000 down on buying that home. That $10,000 that you put down from your bank account to give to the bank for them to loan you the money to buy this house, that money that you put down is the equity that you own in the home, okay? So equity is that money, the real money value versus the amount that is loaned on, right, or that is leaned on that home, okay? I mentioned another uh, term here, lien, right? A lien is a is a form of ownership, right, that is on the home that you don't control, okay? So if the bank right still if you still owe money to the bank right and the bank still owns a portion of that home they have what's called a lien on that home so their ownership in that home still exists until you fulfill the contract which was to pay off the specific amount of principal that was determined at the purchase right or at the sale Okay, so if your if your principal that you have to pay off is one hundred thousand dollars, and you are getting charged interest on the amount that you still owe over time, if you pay off that one hundred thousand dollars, you will have full ownership of the home, and you will remove any lien that that bank has on that home. Okay. Now you could also run into an issue where the county, right, or the state would have a lien on the home because of taxes that aren't paid. Okay. That's why people uh, have what's called uh, tax lien investing, right? If, If you ever heard of that phrase, that's exactly where that comes from. So the county would have a lien on a particular home because nobody has paid the taxes in a long time. And when that happens, you know, an investor can come in and can pay the taxes on that home. And if no one comes and claims it, you know, for yeah, however many uh, years is uh, required, you know, by that particular area, then that investor will take the property. And it's crazy. All you got to do is pay the back taxes. But that's that's just part of, you know, some of the craziness that involve in real estate, right? And you got to make sure that you're paying what you're required to pay um, on time <clears throat> to prevent any liens right, from being uh, placed on your home inadvertently, okay? Um, so, yes, so a lien is like a, it's an ownership, okay? A, uh, sorry, for equity, right? You understand equity is that real money value that you own in your home. All right, principal is the amount 
of money, of real money in that home, right? Principal versus the interest, which is being charged to you, right, from a bank. A bank is going to charge you uh, interest on the amount of principal that they let you borrow to purchase that home. Does that make sense? So for every amount, every dollar of principal that you pay to a bank, that is more equity that you build in that home. And that is less interest that they charge you over time. Are we starting to see how they all, you know, compare now? All right. Awesome. So that is, so those are those uh, three, really, those three. Okay. Um, Amortization. All right. Let's talk about amortization. Since we're talking about bank loans, amortization is a fixed payment month after month that that uh, changes, or should I say alters, with the amount of principal and interest that are being charged to you over the life of the loan, okay? But an amortized payment is a fixed payment, right, where the ratios of principal and interest alternate. So let's give an example, because that's the best way, okay? When you have a mortgage on a home, and it's a fixed mortgage, you will receive an amortized payment. Let's say that amortized payment, again, for even numbers, is $1,000. So for $1,000 a month, you will pay a ratio of principal and interest to the bank. At the start of your loan, you will pay more interest to the bank than you will pay principal because the bank wants to make sure that they're going to get the extra money that they're charging you for this loan first before you start making your principal payments back to the bank. Now, a good way to remove this extra payment that you have, right, on the money that you're holding is to make extra payments, right, to make more payment to the principal uh, on your loan. But if you pay that $1,000, at the start of your loan, you could be paying $800 in interest to the bank and only $200 in principal down on your house, right? So for every principal payment that you make, you're building a little bit more equity, but for every extra payment that you make, you're building more equity and you're reducing the amount of interest that's being charged to you over time, okay? But the only amount that will be given in extra or in excess to your loan is the difference in your amortized payment, which in this example was 1000 a month, okay? So again, right, and just for the illustration, if I pay 1000 if I pay 1500 let's say, right, 1500 $1,000 will go to my amortized payment, which will be split between however much principal and interest that I owe at that current month, and then the extra 500 will go down to the principal and will build equity in my home, okay? All right, bare simple, super simple, okay? Bare bones, all right, all right. So let's talk about P-I-T-I, okay? Papa India Tango India. These This acronym mentions the principal, the interest, the taxes, and the insurance 
that a property you are evaluating has, okay? If you are speaking with an investor, an investor tells you that he is looking at the PITI, or he asks you, what's the PITI, right? He tries to be all cool and say, hey, I, I know this real estate jargon. I'm in with the in crowd, right? And he's like, hey, what's the PITI on that deal? So he's talking about the principal, the interest, the tax, and insurance, okay? And so what essentially they're trying to ask is the mortgage payment, right? Your principal and interest, and then the tax and insurance that you have to pay. These are your primary or your four primary operating expenses, okay? When it comes to buying a property, you have to think about the principal, right? The interest, your tax and insurance, and then your other soft operating costs, which would be your utilities, your maintenance, your management, right? Because you don't have to manage your property, And you don't necessarily have to pay for the utilities on the property. You can have your tenants pay for the utilities as well. But the four things you will always have to pay for, if you have a loan, of course, the first two will only if you have a loan, but at least the last two, right? Taxes and insurance, you're always going to have to pay for that because you definitely want to insure your property and you cannot avoid taxes. So you got to pay for those. Now, principal and interest, if you have a loan, then you will be paying those as well. And those are your four hard operating expenses. Okay. So your PITI, proper, principal insurance, I'm sorry, your principal interest, tax, and insurance. Okay. So definitely want to make sure you know that. All right. Uh, let's talk about, since we're talking about money, right? Let's keep on that topic and let's talk about appreciation. Okay, so appreciation is when your property raises in value over time. Okay, now this is not necessarily something that you should invest in. Okay, a lot of people think, and this is a common misconception, okay, but a lot of people think that their house is a good investment when they just buy it and they let it sit for years and years and years. Now, yes. It totally can be that if you are lucky enough to either catch the real estate market on the rise or if you hold it for long enough where, yeah, you mean you're definitely going to see the increase in market value because you've held it for, let's say, 40, 50 years. Sure. Right. Absolutely. It'll raise in value. But if you're also unlucky at the time you decide to sell, or the the time you decide to borrow money out of it and the market tanks, like let's say what happened in 2007, 2008, then hey, you're left with a bad situation. You can't access the money that you thought you would get because it's not there. And you banked on the fact that you would buy your home and in 20 years or 10 years, it would sit in the market and it would eventually grow and everything would be hunky-dory. But Unfortunately, that's not the way it works, right? So it's never good to invest with appreciation in mind. If you're going to invest in real estate, the smartest thing is to invest in cash flow, okay? Now, cash flow is the amount of money you have coming in after all your expenses, okay? 
after all your expenses, if you have positive cash flow, that is a good property to invest in, especially if you're going to maintain that cash flow over time. Now, the only way you'll receive cash flow is if you're renting this property, right? Or if you're, you know, making some use out of it where someone is charging you, or I'm sorry, is paying you, excuse me, right? Is paying you money to borrow your property for whatever the reason may be, whether it's a vacation rental, whether it's their home, whether they want to rent storage space from you, right? Whatever the case, if they are paying you to use the space in your property or to use your property in any way, you will receive cash flow so long as your expenses are less than what you're receiving each month, okay? And that is important to understand. And you want to make sure that if you're projecting out, right, that investment is not going to go sour over time. You want to make sure that your positive cash flow will stay positive throughout the years you're looking to hold this property. That makes sense? Okay. So that is cash flow. That's appreciation. All right, since we mentioned appreciation, let's briefly talk about depreciation, okay? You might have heard this term before, and this term is used primarily when you're talking about taxes, which is a great, great topic for another date. We will deep dive all about real estate taxes and how taxes are where you make most of your money in real estate. It's not really about the money that you have coming in in cash flow. It's about the money that you're saving in taxes over time. And I promise you, when we cross that bridge, we are going to blow your mind with just the entire world of real estate tax. It's crazy, okay? So just bear with me there. But for depreciation, the important thing to understand is that your property, right, your asset will depreciate, right, will lose value over time. And the government will pay you money to recoup the money that you're losing with your asset wearing down over time, right? They, this happens with other businesses. When you invest in a tool or an item, right, the government will give you depreciation based off a certain year. And so they will say, okay, your asset will depreciate this much over time, over these many years. So every year, we will give you this much money back to cover the loss that percentage of loss of your asset for the year. Hope that makes sense. And I hope that is giving you a little bit of a spark on why real estate is so, so amazing. Depreciation is one of the best benefits that you can get, right? But you have to make sure that you're investing right. And you have to have your rental properties in some kind of corporation, right? An LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp, something, right? Because you will not get this tax benefit if you have it in your name. You cannot have the property in your name, guys. Super important. But like I said, this is just scratching the surface. We're going to deep dive taxes at a later date. Oh, man, trust me, you're going to be blown away. All right. So let's talk about 
how you have ownership of a property, okay? Uh, When you have what's called title to a property, right, that property is in your name, just like title to your car, okay? If you have the title in hand to your car, you have ownership of that car, right? You may still have a loan on the vehicle, um, you know, through whatever kind of company. But if you have title, right, that ownership is yours. Just like a house now, you have title for that car. I'm sorry, for that home, you have ownership in the home, right? And you may receive the title, you know, before the loan. You may receive it after the loan, right? There may be certain stipulations regarding the agreement that you have with whoever your lender is. But if title is in your name or in your entity's name, right, your business name, that property is yours or you have rights to that property, shall I say. I think that's the better way to, to say. And, and there are a lot of um, issues, I guess is the best way to say it, right? There are a lot of issues that come up when you have properties that you're trying to purchase that might have been passed down in multiple you know lines and generations of families because you always want to make sure that you get title insurance so that way a title company can go back and they can research all the different times that the property that you're going to buy was handed from one person to the next because just like I mentioned, the issues that come up with family, somebody can come out of nowhere and say, oh, I have claim to this property. It should not be getting sold. you know, And everything can come to a halt. And then there has to be this huge investigation. And then you know, if by any chance this person has any percentage of claim to this property, it immediately would stop your sale because if they have claim over the property and they don't want to sell it to you, they have legal say, right? And and there are some huge, huge court cases that go down about dealing with family that either, you know, has little claim, no claim or whatever, right? And And all of a sudden, you know, they want to speak up about it, but they haven't done anything with the property and this one's trying to sell it or this one's trying to keep it and all this just drama, right, that that goes around uh, land and property that's given to multiple family members. Um, It's hard, guys. It is very hard, okay? And this is why I always recommend to people don't hand property over to like 10 or 12 different family members, I wouldn't even hand property down to two or three family members. I would put the property in a trust, okay, and and assign a caretaker, one caretaker to that property, you know, so that way there's no huge, you know, issue or huge family drama that goes on around it. But anyway, I'm kind of digressing, and we'll talk more about trusts in a later time, but, you know, it's a whole lot easier than 
and letting you know three or four or however many people fight over what happens to this property. And then, of course, it's not just them, right? Because then if they get married, it's this person's husband or this person's wife, and it can get a really, really, uh, it can get really confusing, you know, and it makes it difficult for, um, for business. So definitely something you want to make sure. But if you are on the other end of this, you want to make sure that there is what's called clear title to the property and clear title meaning that the ownership of this property is transparent you are actually buying the property from the seller and the seller actually has claim and then they're the only ones that have claim to this property and to sell it to you okay so that is Definitely something that you want to make sure that you hammer down before you purchase any property, okay? You want to make sure that it's clear title, okay? Um, The last one I want to talk about is probably one of the most important things that you can talk about when it comes to your property. And this goes back to what we were saying about cash flow. Before you invest in any property, you want to make sure that you are getting what's called a good ROI. Okay? ROI or return on investment. Return on investment is one of the most important things that you can assess about a property before you purchase. If it does not have a good return on investment, then do not waste your time, okay? If you know you're only going to be getting about maybe 1%, is that really going to be enough for you to you know, manage and maintain over time? Understand inflation, understand maintenance, right? Understand vacancy, all right? All these things that go into a property taxes, right? You name it. All these expenses that you're going to have to bear if you're only making 1% return on investment. Even after all those expenses, it may not be a good investment for you. I mean, think about inflation. Inflation's about an average maybe 2 or 3% each year. So you're losing money. If you aren't getting something over 3% return on investment, you're losing money over time. So what really is the purpose of buying that home? You see what I mean? So return on investment, very some, very much something you need to understand and how you calculate it, right, is the amount of uh, money that you put into the deal, right? You keep that figure in mind, whether it's a down payment, a down payment plus closing costs, or down payment plus closing costs plus you know maintenance or rehab costs or anything that you have to put any of your money that you put down right you want to divide that from the amount of money that you are getting per year minus all the expenses that you have to pay so if you have a gross income right? Minus your operating income to give you your net income, right? Your net. So your net income per year divided by the amount of money that you spent on that investment, your own money. That is going to be your return on investment, okay? So keep that in mind. 
And if your return is not, you know, at least decent, right? Don't waste your time on that investment. Now, I'm not saying you have to jump for the moon and get yourself a 25% or 30% return on investment, you know, and you're not going to invest unless you find that. Don't. All right, you'll 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 search through thousands and thousands of properties and you may only come up with like 10 or 20 if you're lucky, right? Which could be great if you're willing to put in that kind of work and that effort and you have that much time to spare looking at thousands of properties, but again, right? You know, you can also knock it out the park by getting a few above 10, right? Or maybe a few around 10, you know, and over time you eventually compound that money that you're making and you're good to go, right? So don't wait, you know, five years just for you to find the perfect property that's going to give you the, you know, the grand slam of return on investment. No, all right? You want to invest in something that's good, that's going to make you money, that you'll feel comfortable investing in, all right? And that return on investment has to be something comfortable. Now, another another thing, and this is the last thing I'll say about return on investment, it is seriously the most important thing, guys, all right? One of my mentors told me that do you should never fall in love with the property. You fall in love with the return on investment. And here's what I mean by that, okay? You look at a property, you look on Zillow, and the first thing that you see is maybe all the nice touches that they've put, right? All the nice finishes, whether it's, you know, marble counters or... Uh, I don't know, you know, like the crazy fireplaces, you know, pillars or like all these awesome backsplashes and these amazing little things. Okay, if you are if you are owning a rental property, you should not be concerned about how many awesome ornate things you can furnish in that home because that's all money that you have to spend. That's extra money that you have to spend on a property that someone is just going to sleep in and then get up the next day and go to work. I mean, I get it. Yes, you want to make sure that the property is nice. You want to make sure that the property is well taken care of, well maintained. Yes, absolutely. You do not have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in making sure that someone has a nice, clean, functional, and affordable home. If you want to put... You know, something nice in there, sure, put something nice in there. You know, maybe put four mica countertops, right, where those aren't look nice, but they're not nearly as expensive as granite, and they're not nearly as expensive as, like, quartz or marble or something crazy like that, right? I mean, if you're going to flip a home, yeah, that makes a little more sense. You put some nicer, you know, decorations in because someone usually wants to buy a flip, you know, that's more permanent. They want to have all that nice stuff. Because it's their home, they're going to buy it and they want to live in it. But for a rental? Are you kidding me? Right? I mean, with how many times people beat up rentals because they know they don't own the property, there's no reason to put in all the fancy you know, finishes and all that stuff, right? So just be smart and focus on your return on investment. How many nice, you know, like nice, right, decent touches, not anything crazy, but decent touches like fresh paint, a new carpet, right? You know, something like that, a clean, uh, maybe a painted cabinet, okay? Something like that. Nothing crazy, but, you know, how many nice things can I do to make the property look nice 
and still maximize my return on investment. That is what you should be focusing on, okay? So again, like I said, that's the last thing I'll say on that. And those are my 10 uh, real estate jargon topics I want to talk about today. Um, there will be more. Uh, trust me, I'm looking at a giant list of them here. So instead of boring you with an hour-long podcast of going over all this jargon, I'm going to split it up into bite-sized portions. That way you can you know, understand little bit by little bit and we can move together, okay? But I hope you were able to get something out of this. For those of you who are a little more advanced, I'm sure you probably long since tuned me out by now. But for those who are getting started, hopefully you're taking some notes, okay? There's some there's some good stuff to be learned out there when it comes to, you know, uh, getting in the weeds in real estate and talking to people and practicing, you know, these different thoughts or or concepts. And the more you understand about what they're saying, the more or the easier, I guess, right, it'll be for you to to pick up on what's going on and to have a little more fun. Okay. All right. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening today or tonight. Rather, we're burning the midnight oil here, but uh, really, really appreciate your guys' time. Hope you guys got something out of this real estate jargon episode. We've got more to come. And there's plenty more going on here at ADPI for you guys to get in tune with. We just re-imaged our Start the Spark Club. Definitely want to be a member of that if you haven't joined already. Make sure you check out our website, www.activitypassiveincome.com. Our Facebook, our Instagram. Reach out to us. we got a lot of exciting stuff. Hey, if you are in the Hampton Roads area, it is not too late to sign up for the meetup going on Wednesday at 7.30 in Town Center. It's going to be great. Make sure you check out our Facebook to check that out. We also have our ebook coming up. It's going to be great. Make sure you get a part of that. All right, guys, I'm out of time. I'll catch you later. Mike out.